This is The Neutral Position, hosted by Nick Palmashano, Bringing honesty and reason back into conversation. Here's your host, Nick Palmashano. Unpleasant or repulsive, especially in appearance. Adjective. The word is ugly. No, we're not trying to describe your mom or that terrible spring break decision you made back in the day. We're talking about the most heinous, eye-bending, gag-inducing, dog chew on the planet. We're talking about ugly chews. To you and me, ugly chews are nothing to look at. You see, when you take cowhide, clean it by hand, and sun cure it with no chemicals, it doesn't look like a cute dog bone or rawhide, but it also doesn't sit in your dog's stomach forever or cause digestion issues. So while we see a hairy mess that we don't want to touch in any way, shape, or form, your dog, the natural predator that he or she is, yes, even Mitzi the toy poodle has some wolf DNA in there. That dog just sees gorgeous, delicious, healthy nature. So when you're at the pet store scanning the aisle or you're online ordering the next tasty morsel for your canine companion to gnaw on, are you buying that cute bone or that rubber toy for you or for your dog? Because in your dog's world, that pretty, chemical-filled, tied-in-an-adorable-bow treat is a 6 out of 10. Tops. It's fine. It'll do. But it doesn't inspire. Why? Because to your dog, it's not natural at all. It's foreign. It's manufactured. It's a frozen dinner when you really want a perfectly cooked steak. In short, it's just not ugly enough. So if you want to give your dog the experience of a lifetime while Dreamweaver plays and the world moves in glorious slow motion, then get your dog an Ugly Chew at UglyChews.com. That's UglyChews.com. Hey guys, it's Nick Palmashano, and this is The Neutral Position. I am honored today to have Stacia Crawford. She is an actress. She is a producer. But lately, she's been crushing it directing. Also an international woman of mystery. Stacia, <laughs> very welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself in your own words. Oh, thank you so much for having me first. It's, it's an honor. Um, I, yeah, like what you said kind of summed me up. I started off as Especially a, the international the, especially woman Especially that, but no one's supposed to know that yet. Um, uh, I started off as an actor, and I still act. I, I truly enjoy acting in other people's projects. I um, hitchcock in my own projects. Um, and then I want to say mid-2000s, I started producing, mostly because... I was tired of bartending. I was living in New York City and um, you know, doing the whole actress you mm-hmm. know, uh, audition life. And um, somebody uh, had said to me once, you know, you're really a producer. And I was, I was like, what? Because back then, um, especially I felt from my, in my experience for women, it was like you were either an actress or a mother or a writer or like there wasn't um, any hyphenates. Hmm. So I felt that if I was a producer, it would take away from how people viewed me as an actor. Um, so I was very resistant to that. And then I remember, <laughs> I'll never forget this. I was on set visiting somebody else who was on a TV show. And I, re- I remember I was sitting by the monitor as, as this person's guest and I looked around and I knew what everyone was doing. I knew 
who was slacking off, how, you know, um, how much people were getting paid. And it hit me. I said, oh, my God, I'm a producer. <laughs> oh, no. You know, so then I leaned into it. And um, I, um, you know, I had a, a great little career. Um, I, I'm, I'm the oldest child. Um, I definitely, um, I, 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 I like to say, I don't, I don't like to use the word alpha, but I'm very determined and efficient and I get things done. So I, um, I was a, a very strong producer, but um, I, didn't, I didn't love it. Mm. You know, I didn't really, it didn't fill my heart the way that the acting did. And um, what was missing from it? I felt like it was very clinical, like keeping gotcha. projects on time and on gotcha. budget. And um, I, I also felt like um, I don't have children, but I felt like when I was on set, I had 50 year old children. <laughs> and it was amazing to me how yeah. how people um, can revert back to <laughs> like the ages where their trauma hit or something. It was wild to me. You know, I, I don't have anywhere near the experience you have on set. But, you know, when we did our film together, uh, Hollywood off, off camera and I, adults literally having hissy fits yeah. or they were upset about something. So they refused to do their job. Yeah. Um, I don't like the way things are going. So I'm locking the prop truck. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, stuff that... Uh, you know, at the time, you know, as a as a recent military veteran at the time, like it it was like, can't we just kind of like shake these people? Like, what is going on? Like, why they're not? They're, and it's three weeks, guys. Yeah, <laughs> it's you're not you're like, being paid yeah. a good amount of money. Yeah. Like, it, it was wild. Yeah. But so much of it is, you know, I watched uh, you know producers having to kind of like massage people's egos and. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot that's, of work. That's exactly it. And, and and I think that some people love that and they're so good at it. Mm-hmm. And and I was able to maintain because my, my personality is very, you know, calm and I'm very balanced. Um, but do you, I, do you get mad, though? Or do uh, you just hold it inside? Or are you like... No, I, I kind of like... Um, I just want to get things done. I get disappointed. So I don't... That's worse. I was going to say sometimes <laughs> that's worse, right? Um, and I would tell people that... Producing is like running around. I'd have a magic wand in one hand and a fire extinguisher in another. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't, you know, if you weren't on fire and I didn't need to change you into, you know, something, uh, you're doing great. Just let me, you know, let me just get on with my path. Um, but I agree with you. I felt like um, in the beginning of a film, people would say, hey, Stacia, I need this. And I'd be like, okay, no problem. And then by the end of the three weeks, like, I was like, one more person <laughs> says my name. Ask, you know? Asks me for mm-hmm, anything. Mm-hmm. But literally having meetings where I would say, okay, you're 40 and you're 50 and you can't talk to him and he can't talk yeah. to you. And you come to me. Let's, fi- you know, let's figure yeah. this out. But, but it, um, it, it, that was the wildest thing for me. Yeah. And yeah. so how did you go then from producing and you know your own words you were very good at it Mm -hmm. how do you end up as a director great question um so I was working for a company I was independently producing for a company that does a a lot of movies and I was super close with my my boss and he knew I wasn't really I had done like five films in two and a half years or something really like a train had left right and being a, a struggling artist wouldn't 
we're not offered. I mean, we're out of work a lot. Yep. So when we're offered a consistent amount of, you take you it, take it yeah. because you just mm-hmm. don't know when the next offer is coming. You don't want somebody in. else taking it, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he had said to me, um, I, I talk about this story a lot. Um, he had said to me, well, "What do you want to do? Do you want to go back to LA and be part of like the studio? Do you want to be an executive producer?" And at the time, I was still heavily acting, and I thought, "I don't." I don't want to do that. I don't want to sit behind a desk. I want to still, you know, create. Um, And I I had always wanted to direct. But something inside of me said, not yet. Not yet. Get more knowledge. Get more, you know, get more traction. Learn in front of the camera. Learn behind the camera. And um, I I just had the courage to say, you know, I, I, I want to direct at some point. I don't know if I'm ready yet. And he said, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to lay down the gauntlet direct a short film bring it to me I still have my bosses so I have to show it to them I can't just give you a film mm-hmm. but you, but you give it to me and I'll see what I can do that's awesome right yeah. and so I, I was like okay and I was really excited about it and little did I know my best friend at the time was a DP and we had worked he still is a DP we had worked on a few films together and they had had a conversation mm. and um Adrian had said to him, you know, she's really a director. Like, she really is. And she's like this emotional divining rod. So first your friend group says, you're really a producer. And then your friend I, group says, you're really a director. Right? And and that goes with, you know, not feeling, I guess, like I still have more to accomplish or more to learn. Um, but thankfully I listened to them, right? And sometimes it does take that. It takes an outsider to say, um, like, like when, when I do interviews and people read off my credits, like, oh, wow, I actually, I've actually done a lot. You know, you forget <laughs> it when you're, when you're, um, yeah. when you're in it. Um, so they had had a conversation. So I, being as determined as I am, I wrote, produced, um, directed, ended up starring in, which wasn't the plan, um, a short film within like, I don't know, two months. Wow. And um, I... I didn't even finish editing it. I just put together like select scenes and the music and I colored it and gave him a sense of what it was going to look like. And I think that they were just so impressed that I walked my talk because so many people in our industry say that yeah. they are certain, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and not to take away from what they feel inside, but um, to... to um, I think I, it's okay to take away from what they feel inside. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I think I'm Michael Jordan. It doesn't mean I can do, I can jam a basketball, you know? Like, it's yeah, well, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think, and because I had, um, again, the courage to invest in myself, right? Because my, my, my thought was, how can I expect them to invest in me mm-hmm. if I'm not investing in me? Can I circle back to something that you said? Because I think, I think there's an interesting um, thought that you brought out where you said, you know, at this point you had worked in film for how long? By the time you're you're taking oh this direction, well, you don't. I mean, um, but like a, a while, like you were experienced. Yeah, so, this was, so when I started directing it was 2018. Um, yeah, so 20. I think 2002 is when I really when I stopped bartending. 2002 so yeah 15 16 years yeah, yeah. so so insane experience yeah. and I, I mean I, I don't I don't mean that in like a, I mean you've done a lot right Thank you. yeah. and you're sitting there going I don't know if I have enough experience yeah. whereas you know most people would just be like yeah I'm a director right right 
and you know, and then I, I I'm thinking about that along with you know something we discussed off off camera where, um, you know, thirty percent, thirty two percent of all producers are women, and that's the most aggressive category. And then when you get mm -hmm. to like direct, by the time you get to director, mm -hmm. it's like seven percent. Right. And um, you know, I have been an employer, you know, an, an entrepreneur for about the same, actually longer than, than you've been acting. And an attribute that I've seen time and time again is I've had stellar uh, women work for me that have that very reaction. Like they're not sure they're ready. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you're like my best employee by a long shot. Like you're definitely ready. Whereas guys are always like, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if you're like, I would never give you this job in a thousand years. In fact, right. I actually want you to leave the organization. <laughs> right. they're, they're like, you and know, I'm like, ready what? for, you know, um, do you think, do you think that is true? I mean, that could just be my subjective, uh, mm. experience, but you know, I feel like women put a higher gate, uh, to their, you know, kind of moving forward because they have this high expectation of what it should look like. And guys tend to just be like, I'm the man, I can do it, I can do anything, kind of. Yeah, I think there is some truth to that, for sure. And I think that, um, in my experience, being a woman, um, I think we multitask more, so our interests might be a little bit more scattered as opposed to men sometimes can be very, you know, incredibly focused, which is admirable. Um, but I do think, at least in my case, I just wanted it so badly. Mm -hmm. And I had, at that point, worked with really good people and really unprofessional people and you know that leaves a, a stronger stain so I just wanted to make sure that um you, didn't want you know I'm evolved enough to know that I, that you you touch everybody right your, yeah. your personality how you how you speak the way you you treat people touches people and I just wanted to make sure I was in a place that um that I wouldn't leave a, a stain you know um, Did you really think that that was a possibility? Oh, sure. I still do. Like, I still, like, you know, on set, I, I my sets are usually quieter and more uh, because I love what I do. I love what I do. So w when you start at the top and, and you're happy to be there and you're really, really excited, it kind of trickles down, right? Mm. But I do think that, um, you know, if you're having a, a, a human moment where you're feeling frustrated or you just missed the take or someone blew the take and you want to be upset or someone's, you know, um, causing a delay and you want to react, I think um, for me, I have to, I, 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 I prefer to kind of stop and, and see how we can get to the solution as opposed to focusing on the problem. Yeah. And I do think that comes with experience, right? And, um, so I just, it's not that I didn't feel I could do it. I always knew I could do it. I just wanted to make sure that um, I could do it with grace and with um, integrity. Mm. And because I was shown the other side of that, and I, I just wanted to make sure I was there. That, that's a really nice way of putting it, with, so. with grace. That's, that, I, I really like that. I'm going to try to I'm going <laughs> oh, to keep. Hard. Do, I need to start doing things with grace. With grace, <laughs> yes. Mark that, <laughs> mark that down. Let that go, you guys are going to be texting me and going, can, can you text Nick and remind him about Grace? <laughs> That's going to be our code word, Grace, Nick. Grace. <laughs> uh, but one, one thing that I noticed, though, is um, your IMDb is very consistent. 
like you, people like working with you. They mm -hmm. very obviously like working with you because you're always working. That's not normal. You know, I mean, most, uh, most people in the business, whether you're talking about acting or producing or, or directing, there's kind of this ebb and flow, but, sure. but you've been consistent. And so, you know, why do you think, and I, I know I can tell already from your personality, you're going to hate saying this, but you know, people do like working with you. Hollywood is, is mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, was the, he had very kind words, which I've already <laughs> shared with you, you about working with you. Why do you think that you're so effective on set? Um, uh, that's a great question. I think because going back to I love what I do, so even, so the films that I'm on are, are usually only three weeks, you know, not a lot of prep time, but I immerse myself in it. And I'm also, because I'm an actor, I'm an actor's director. Mm. So I really get involved with the actors, you know, way prior to us ever stepping foot on set, even if it's just like um, an actor who has two words, I'll still call them, I'll talk to them, I'll see what their process is, I'll talk ab uh, about that. And then I think also one of my strongest traits is because I was a producer for so long, I understand um, how to keep a film on time and on budget and how important that is, right? So I think because I can attack it from both sides and um, I feel like I'm very balanced. Um, my personality is balanced. Um, that doesn't mean I don't have, you know, moments. It just sure. meaning I think with my left and my right, my right part, uh, side of my brain. Um, so I think coming to set, um, knowing exactly what I want, I'll come to set and know exactly what I want. I'll be incredibly prepared. My DP, my AD and I are like simpatico, but I'll also leave that little percentage of stage for you as a performer to come in and work your genius or him as a DP to come in and, you know, say, well, okay, Stacia, I know you really wanted to do a 360 in this scene, but what if we get the jib and we do this instead of this? And I'll listen to him and I'll say, okay, well, how much time is that going to save us? And he'll say, oh, it'll take me 45 minutes to light it up and then we're done for, you know. And so I'll think about it and go, okay, that's a great idea. Let's do that. Now let's go talk to the actors. So you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I really um, film it, yes, the director is ultimately, if a film does really well, everybody takes credit. But if a film doesn't do well, one person yeah. and one person alone That's right. falls, even mm -hmm. if it has nothing to do with me. Yeah, even if the script was terrible, even right. if you know, the actors are terrible. Or, you, or, or you're forced to hire an actor yep. that you didn't want to hire, mm -hmm. but the producers wanted them. That you know is going to be terrible for the, the role. Time. Yep. Um, so I think, a lot, so coming prepared, but also allow, and now sometimes I've had actors, you know, um, try to run the set and say what they want to do. And, and you, you know, you have to, again, allow them the grace to, to get it out. <laughs> and then, you know, some, you know, sometimes I'll say, okay, most of the time I'll say, let's do it mine and Hollywood's way. Sure. And then let's do a take your way. And so that way, I've already failed in my head at the grace, <laughs> at the grace <laughs> portion. Oh, believe me, I do too. I do too. Um, and then, you know what will happen though? Sometimes, every once in a while, an act, you know, an actor will do it, and I'll be like, oh, "That was good." Did you see that? Yeah. You know, and and sometimes I'll be like, "Oh, this will never make the movie." But just let them, yeah. and then we'll end up. Not only will it make the movie, we'll but like in the movie on that scene or something. Yeah. You know. So again, allowing. So I think that that's why. Um, uh, I think that's why crew and actors like working with me. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, um, I think producers, 
love working with me in the sense that, because again, I, I can walk into a room and go, okay, so I know how much this is going to cost. You know what we do? What if we get some fly walls here? What if we actually build two different sets? We can save the $20,000 there. We can bring in a jib because that's the way my producer brain goes. So producers like that's that really I'm. Cool. That's really cool cognizant and respectful of the budget mm -hmm. but then sometimes what they don't like is and I wouldn't either is when I say that and I go oh gosh she's you know or they say oh no no, no we can't get you a gym and I'll say but 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 if we do this and this and this then can I have the gym <laughs> and then they're like oh <laughs> you know? um so so I think that's um I, I think that lends to that however Thank you for reminding me because I can tell you right now I haven't worked in six months and I'm going crazy. I mean, I'm literally having talks with myself of, you know, is my career over? Do I need to start looking at like telemarketing but jobs? You, but you do have multiple projects on the horizon. Sh sure, sure. But when you haven't gotten paid, <laughs> you I gotcha. know, I gotcha. and it feels dry, you yeah. know, and then you've got stuff going on within the industry that's out of your control yep. that may, you know, you know, may may or may not alter but that is true with just about any industry oh like my gosh, there's always yeah. something going on you know like you know as an example you know our organization like you know our marketing organization um had a couple of tech clients that were really substantial well they worked for the big big tech clients mm -hmm. those clients just you know laid off 11,000 15,000 17,000 people respectfully mm -hmm. or respectively and uh that didn't help us. Right. You know? And so there, there's nothing that you can do about that. There's always going to be ebbs and flows. But do you but think that other professions have the ebbs and flows that we do? Like I, I medical? Do. And so I think, I think that is a challenge. I think mm -hmm. the medical piece is a challenge. But I also think that in a weird way, you can control your destiny a lot more. Sure. And sure. that's huge. You yeah. know? I mean, maybe it's not the projects you want from time to time. Yeah. But pro there's always going to be a project for somebody like you who knows how, you know, who can act, who can produce, who can direct, you know, mm -hmm. there's always going to be a project. It, it maybe maybe you've got to do it in Alaska for, you know, right, a couple right. months. But I think that there are very few people that are actually good at things that are good at all of the things for sure. So. Right. So let me ask you, because this comes up a lot um, when you get to a certain level. Mm hmm. And, you, you know, uh, the theory is you're only as good as your last project. Mm -hmm. So there does, there does, you know, there, there comes some projects that you kind of go, oh, gosh, do I really want my name on this? Sure. You know, or do I really, do I, how badly do I need the paycheck? Mm -hmm. So there is kind of that, that question of, okay, if I, if I do this, I, I can pay my bills for whatever, you know, the next few months. But it's not speaking to my heart or I can't control who I direct or, you know, it's such an interesting conundrum because you, you, you want to work and stay relevant, but then you also don't want to work on something that doesn't fill your heart, you right? just tell them your name's Nick Palmashano the next time you get one of those offices. <laughs> <laughs> and give it to him. <laughs> yeah, you direct it. We'll just say, we'll just say it's me, like it's fine. <laughs> Imagine. A media agency that can make a documentary that qualifies for Academy Award voting. Imagine another that created a billboard charting music video for Five for Fighting. Imagine 
another that has raised so much money for nonprofits in its first year working on the classy.org platform that at the end of the year, it was named as only the second marketing partner in Classy's history. Imagine another firm that can cover your events anywhere on planet Earth and provide a compelling series of videos about those events immediately and to your needs. And imagine another still that can help your e-commerce business take it to the next level. Now imagine that they're all the same business, Diesel Jack Media. Some of you might be saying, hey, Nick, isn't that your company? And to that I answer, can a company like Diesel Jack Media really be owned? Or can it merely be coaxed out like a beautiful butterfly on a spring day? As you listen to this podcast that, by the way, Diesel Jack Media created, you may be asking yourself, what's our secret? It's simple. We try not to suck. Sounds easy, right? It should be. But somehow, marketing companies and media agencies always seem to get it wrong. You see, we don't make PowerPoints about doing work. We do the work because we like the work. And if one of our ideas doesn't work, you know what we do? We try another one again and again and again until our ideas start to work. Because not quitting until it's right is at the heart of not sucking. And as previously mentioned... That's what we try not to do here. Diesel Jack Media. We try not to suck. Visit us at dieseljackmedia.com. That is dieseljackmedia.com. That that is a good question, and I think about I think about that in business a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, we have said no to. We have been offered a lot of money for a few things that I've said no to. For, right. So, for example, like I really don't want to get into politics. Mm. You know, like I can make a great political video. I really don't want to. Yeah. Um, because I don't care who you're talking about. None of them are telling the full truth. So then it's, then it starts, it impugns me morally, literally regardless of which person, like, cause I don't believe there's a handful of people I would consider doing for it. None of them have asked me. So right. it's like, um, so the, the key word is yet. <laughs> it would take a very, sp- like yeah, I, I would have, I, I would have done one for John McCain, for example. Mm-hmm. Like I thought he was a great, great human being uh, who, I, who I was able to meet a few times. Mm. But but for the most part, you know, that's not something that I want to do, even though there's a lot of money to be made there. Um, so we have said no to things. Um, I, I do see where you're going with that. I guess for me it would be, you know, is this immoral? Can I make a good prod- product from mm-hmm. it? If you felt like you could, I think that it's okay. Yeah. If you knew it was going to be a failure, then you're locking in a lose-lose or a win-lose. And I think in business, I always try to make win-wins. If I can't make a win-win, I don't do it. Right, right. That's kind of my personal rule. Uh Um, I don't know if that helps you at all. But that's the way that I kind of, you know, can I be successful for them? If not, I don't want to do it. Is it shady in any way? I don't want to do right. it. Right. You know, I felt kind the same of, way. Yeah. yeah. But art is so subjective, so you yeah. never know when you do something silly and it turns out to be a huge hit. <laughs> so, you know, your films have, have generally done very mm-hmm. well. Um, just throwing it out there. Is there a place where you see maybe, you know, raising your own fund to film, you know, to, to produce your films? Oh, sure. So, so when I started directing, um, I, like I said, I was producing and I had, um, a company that was kind of like a matchmaker trying to match up funders with, with, um, 
productions um, and uh, didn't love didn't really love that part um, but I, I was I was posed the question what type of director do you want to be this is the, like you're starting out this is you're you're setting your brand do you want to be the director that only directs your own stuff mm-hmm. that goes to festivals and could you know potentially win and 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 um, get theatrical, or do you want to be the director that is known for directing other people's projects? And of course, I want to be both, right? Who doesn't want to be both? Yeah, of course. But I had to choose, and in the moment, I chose to be the director that directs other people's projects because I felt like, um, right or wrong, I felt like the lens was more, um, well, okay, so she's a good director. She can direct her own stuff, but can she direct someone else's? Mm -hmm. I felt like I'd have to, like take the test twice yeah um but that said i mean i write i've written two books i have four or five tv series i've written i'm uh, countless you know films so i'm constantly writing um that's awesome it's just it's inside of me right and sometimes i'll read and go who wrote this like i don't have any (laughs) memory of it it's really interesting um so i always have these projects and i i do have um a project that I'm super excited about. I think I, I think I can say it. Um, why not? Um, I'm doing a. You might like this. I'm doing a, um, a Christmas movie with Debbie Gibson as no the way. lead. Yeah, yeah. So I'm super excited about that. But we don't. You know, we're twelve so, year old me is super. Fun I mean, <laughs> I know she's so like wonderful. electric youth just everywhere. Right? <laughs> she's just as wonderful in person too. Like truly, I'm so so happy to work with her. Um, but it's you know we're we're doing all that funding process, right? So, um, and then I've got another film in the UK that I'm hoping to do. You know, I've got all these projects that are lined up that are more on the independent side mm-hmm. um, as opposed to the studio side, and that just takes longer. Yep. So. Um, and are you seeking the funding for all, you're doing the whole um, process, or is it like a little of column A, a little of column B? You know, I, I, I say I'm a recovering producer. Like, I can't help with this. Yeah. You know, when yeah, you yeah. really, when you love a project, even though I'm not, um, I might not be technically producing. I'm not doing the day-to-day production. Um, but if I meet investors or but you're if br- I... But you're bringing the team together sure, and then yeah. someone else mm-hmm. is actually handling the yeah. producing. Yeah, 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 the day-to-day yeah. stuff. Because yeah. it's too... I mean, I, mean, I really... Um, I respect tremendously directors who can do both of that. It's it's hard. It's so hard. I mean, yeah. it's so hard. Unless you have a team, right, or a higher budget where you can hire mm-hmm. multiple people to sure. to truly help you. But, you know, in the budgets that I've done, you know, so far, which is, um, you know, um, on the lower, the lower range, um, it's too hard for me to, you know, try to figure out how to get the, the grip trick truck running, you know, at six in the morning when I got to be on camera at seven, you know. Or. For people that maybe, you know, that are, that are watching that don't understand what these jobs really do, can you kind of, sure. in layman's terms, break down you know, producer versus director, because a lot of times people, people don't know. They, they blur yeah. it or they think they think it's the same thing ish. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. yeah. And, and it's kind of like saying, what does an engineer do? Right. I mean, there's so many facets of engineering. Mm-hmm. So the same thing with producing um, and my experience as a producer, I mostly either helped. I, I put it together by um, knowing the talent, knowing the money. Um, and I did line produce, so I did do the day-to-day hiring and keeping the film on time, on budget. Um, there are also associate producers or executive producers. Uh, there's no, and then film producers are different than TV, TV direct, you know, producers. Mm-hmm. So it's really about the the general term is 
getting the film made. So how are you getting the film made with financing, with, with people, with day-to-day? And a director's job, generally speaking, is taking the words off the page and visually putting it on the screen. So um, it's always a collaboration. There's always a lot. Of, it's Okay, at my level, there's always a cl- collaboration. I don't know what it is like for the, the, the big leagues. But for me... Um, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot of talks with the producers as, as insofar as who are we hiring. But um, visually, you know, I usually choose the colors. Color is really important for me, and and I assign different colors to different characters. Um, I. What do you mean by that? I've never heard anyone say oh, say say that before. So. Um, so, so I think I told you my parents were cops, and I studied yeah. to be a CSI, and I wanted yeah. to be a profiler. Yeah, so which I'm is the normal normal progression <laughs> to directing. <laughs> yeah. It's usually CSI, actor, <laughs> right. producer, director. I is, can play is, a cop on TV. <laughs> um, so I have a I I I'm in, I'm very analytical, and I'm intrigued by psychology, and I just um, again I feel like everything's connected, and so I feel like sometimes when you when you can assign like certain colors or certain um, uh, I'll give you an example of this in a second. Um, uh, certain colors to, to, to characters, the viewer might not know what they're looking at, and they might not know why they like it, but mm-hmm. they like it, you know, because it's so subliminal. Um, you know, I sometimes have clocks ticking down, like literal clocks ticking down to kind of let you, you know, if you're not watching, you don't know where it is, but it's like ticking down when the uh, occurrence is going to happen or... Um, I I do a lot of flashbacks, see, uh, movies with flashbacks, and like I decided on one of my movies, it was on it was on Netflix that I wanted um, her colors in the past to be like per- the colors were wearing purples and blues and very deep and darker, you know, a darker palette, mm-hmm. and then her her colors in the present to be more ambers and oranges, and and so I I I. I talked to the production designer and she was on a date in the present, but she was thinking about the past. So I had, um, they were in a bowling alley. So I had all the bowling balls behind her, stacked behind her, all the deeper bluer colors. And then wow. her date, who's very firmly in the present, I yeah. had like the greens and the yellows. And of course, nobody would know that other than, you know, whoever's on set that I'm talking to. But, but it helps your audience. I think so. Subconsciously. Your audience, when you do things like that, your audience doesn't have to think, where are we? Right. They subconsciously know, because of the color palette you've chosen, what's going on. Right. So you've made me feel very bad about myself already. <laughs> no, uh, what? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. These are these are just, this is like another level of thinking that I, I don't currently possess. Probably never will. I know. No. <laughs> but at what point did you start thinking about things like that? Or was that always? Or, think- you know, like... Most people look at a script and they're like, I need to shoot these things. They're not thinking, yeah. what if I made this color different? Or what if I, like, that? that's not normal. I think I do it for me. You know, it's kind of just, um, yes, of course, for the audience. But, um, and a lot of times, not a lot of times, sometimes, you know, some producers would say, oh, you're, you know, your, your style is very artsy. It's very cinematic is what I get a lot. And sometimes I just want, you know, master, medium, close up, pretty people. Um, but I think because I was an actor, so I'm, I'm trained to dissect um, the environment, the person, you know, come up with these backstories, come up with these colors. So I think that that's part of my training as an actor. 
Um, and then I'm also just really highly inquisitive and, you know, I find everything interesting and people's stories are so interesting. And, um, and I watch a lot of TV and I'm very inspired by other people's work. And I do the same thing. Sometimes I'll be like, oh my gosh, that scene. And I'll rewind it. I mean, it's, it's hard to watch a movie with me. I must, <laughs> I must tell yeah. you, like my family won't watch a movie with me because I'll start to, First of all, I'll be like, oh, that's my friend, or I know that person. Um, but then I'll start, I'll say, oh, I wonder, oh, that was a really interesting camera move. I guess they did a roll. Hold on, let me, so, you know, I, I remove myself from the story because I'm so interested in, yeah. or sometimes I watch, I, like, the making of yeah. before I even watch. <laughs> really? I just, yeah. That doesn't ruin it for you? No. Do you have a hard time watching movies now? Can you get lost in them? Yes, mm-hmm. Because one of the things, and, and again, like I'm super junior varsity compared to you, but one of the things that we, th- that I found, and this this Hollywood back there actually ruined this for me, is he basically was like, most movies are bad, but they save them through like really good scores and really, you know, and so one day we were, right after we finished filming, we were still in LA and we're sitting on top of this hotel and um, they had Bad Boys 2 on screen and Hollywood muted it and was like, just watch this. <laughs> and it was like, well, I mean, you, I saw for the first time the shots mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. garbled it was connected. And it, like it, it didn't flow and it, it wasn't like this happened and therefore this happened and was like oh man this is it, it, like it honestly ruined many many movies for me because now i see the shots and i see the lack of connection mm-hmm. but also when i see something that's really good you're like mm-hmm. oh man like yeah, this it, is tight yeah. like they really thought about every single shot yeah so if the story is really good and the acting is superb i get totally immersed in it um, and then I'll watch it again for like the, the you know, the, the structural stuff. I won't ask you what your favorite movie is, oh but gosh. what are like five movies that you really value? Nick, you just took out one of I the questions. I, I hate care. when you do I that. I don't care, Julia. Nick Balderchano uh, Quigg's neutral position with Nick Balderchano. <laughs> it doesn't say Julia Quigley. It should. It should. Maybe it'll spawn another question. Um, I know there's so many movies, right? I mean, Heat comes... It's you know, it's, 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 it's love, a movie I can watch over and I over love again. Michael yeah, Mann. love Michael Mann. <laughs> it's great. Um, what do you love about it? Um, you know, uh, it, it's just I watch so many movies, and I and I I tend to there's only so much shelf space up there, so mm-hmm. I tend to absorb what's important and then not. So I can um, watch many. Uh, I can watch the same movie many times and not remember things, right? Mm-hmm. But something about Heat, I think because my parents were cops and I just, you know, um, just the actors, the caliber of actors and seeing them all together and um, the hu- humanity, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the w- these people were so deeply flawed, but we rooted for them. Yep. And, um, you know, when Ashley Judd just went like that with one, you know, the subtlety with her hand and Val Kilmer knew exactly without saying a word, just that subtle movement. Like to me, there was, it was so much intimacy in that moment. I don't know, I just was, um, I have a funny story, I was in LA. <laughs> I have to tell stories every once in a while. <laughs> I was at this person's house and I looked around, I was like, was this house in heat? 
And the owner's like, out of all the thousands of people have been through this house, not one person has known that. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, it was, it was, that's it was wild. a funny moment. That's really that's cool. That's my heat story. Um, so that's definitely, but, um, you know, Taylor Sheridan to me is, I've, I mean, gosh, I've, I've always just admired him, you know, hell or high water and all the incredible stuff that he's done. Um, so anything that he does, Mimi leader is incredible. Um, gosh, there's so many directors that I, that I just, I love, um, uh, Fincher. I mean, come on, you can't get any better than Fincher and, um, ballet who just passed away you know i think last year um i tend to uh i love the i love the psychological thrillers and um i do love the suspension of belief i do love the inspirational movies but also i mean sci-fi is so broad so um Mm -hmm. but more you know what else is out there you know alien stuff and i love all that where you can really expand your mind um yeah, I'm if you were to think about like the calling card of your films, you know, what is it? How do how do I know it is a Stacia film? Right, right. Like in your mind, when mm. when someone watches it, they don't they have nothing in front of them. What would they identify to make them think it's yours? Oh God, that's a great question. Well, I use a lot of the same actors. And I use a lot of the same. I feel like everybody DPs. does that. Like once, you, I mean, the same thing with everybody, right? Like in any profession, once somebody's good and you can rely on them, it's exactly it. It's like they're not going to they're not going to screw it up. They're not going to give me a hard time. There's no they're attitude. Not, they're grateful. They're not yeah. going to tell me I only need brown M and M's. Yes. Which, <laughs> like St- me. Stacia's rider to be on this show was extensive. <laughs> it was extensive. <laughs> uh, um, you know, it's, it's funny cause I'm at a point in my career now. So, um, you know, I've mostly done thrillers and I've been so fortunate that most of my stuff has ended up on, I've, uh, Netflix, Lifetime, Hulu, and this incredible champ Tubi. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I, I really, really respect the, um, the filmmakers who, you know a Michael Mann movie, right? Yeah. You know, you know yeah. a Michael Bay movie. They don't veer from what they are. They have perfected, and um, I've been kind of all over the board. I've been kind of um, Christmas and and thrillers, and 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 so I've been really fortunate to not have to feel in a box. Multitasking. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been great. But I but lately now having having done I don't know ten or twelve films. My, I feel really inspired to do inspirational films. Like I want to do more family films, more inspirational, and and not heavy-handed and in, in one you know actual genre, but just more feel-good movies. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, there's a need for it. Um, I think that the through line with my movies are these characters are never just two-dimensional. Like the bad guys never just bad because he's bad i mean there's a story right. behind yeah. it like why and he doesn't think he's bad he just mm-hmm. thinks he's saving his son or or whatever the story is so i think yeah. the performances like the layered performances is definitely um what i um you know, what i bring to the table um but also i think that there's even in the thrillers and the hardcore stuff there's a, an element of love right because that's what we either have love or fear and um or, and sometimes both but um I think that you, in my movies, you can see where the heart is. 
you know, sometimes things get cut out that is beyond my control that, you know, but, but I think really the layered performances, um, more so than anything visual, but, but, but I, I have to say I do, <laughs> uh, I do. There are certain camera moves that I, you'll always see a 360 in my movies. You'll, you know, I always mess with time. Um, I, um, I do certain shots, like really cool shots that I think in, in all my movies, and again, unless they get cut out by the producers, you'll see certain very specific camera moves. Very cool. Talk about that, though. The, what you just said, it's hard to be the artist. So you've, you've meticulously planned this film. You've invested time in these actors. You get the performances you want. You put the film together and some dude or woman comes along and says, meh, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Happens all the time. I, but how do you deal with that? So um, I uh, pride myself on not having a lot of ego when it comes to that. Um, and the way I look at it is, no, there are some things where, that I will fight for. And I'll say, I think it's so important. Like, I did a camera move um, in my Netflix movie, um, love was turning to hate and, and life and death. So I wanted to take my camera. You'll appreciate this. Um, and the, the couple was in the bed and I wanted to take the camera and rig it. So the way my mind saw it was like a roller coaster going over the bed mm-hmm. and doing like the love scene. And then I wanted the camera to go under the bed in one smooth motion, kind of switch everything out. You know, we have the bed to actually have a nice cut edit point. And then when it comes back up, it's it's morning, and now she's being killed. So it was almost like just showing this the circle of life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we get to location. It's the most expensive location. We're running late. I look in the back. I can't find the DP. I look in the back, and he's welding something. Sparks are flying. And I was like, what are you doing? And he goes, oh, I'm building your pendulum. I was like, wait, wait, what? He built this, like, eight-foot-by-eight-foot-by-eight-foot pendulum that wouldn't fit in the grip truck because it was so big to put the camera on. And this is years ago, right? I'm sure yeah. it could have been done easier so that our grips could actually hoist it over the actors Wow! and then hoist it down. Well, the bed wasn't high enough, so we couldn't get it under the bed. So, and I said, but what, I, I mean, you should have told me. I would have changed it. Like, I would have changed it. And he goes, yeah. and that's exactly why I didn't tell you because I thought it was a great idea and I want to do it. So, so you know, stuff like that. Um, what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> what do you do when producers turn oh, movie out? So, so the producers that are sitting in, in, Hol- you know, in, in Hollywood yeah. um, are like, I don't really get it. Which way is the camera's facing? What are you trying to do here? Yeah, what's the cam- why is the camera facing? And, and so that was something I really fought for. And I said... You know, and I so I had to explain why, and I had to explain basically what yeah. I did to you, and then yeah. they go, "Oh, okay, well that makes sense." Now sometimes I don't have that luxury, right? Sometimes yeah. they're all just sitting there, cut, 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 you know, and and um, and there there have been some times where I've just been kind of brokenhearted, like, oh, like, uh, but isn't it isn't it shot. weird? I mean, listen, I totally understand the money gets to make the decision. Like, yeah. I, I get that, but. One of the things that, that I've realized is that, you know, you think producers are also creative types, but that's not usually the case. You're the exception, not the rule. So these are people that actually don't have any appreciation for some, art. Some are creative producers, yeah. But a- some, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there are a lot that are not. Let's even yeah. call it 50-50. Yeah. 
somebody that has no appreciation for art whatsoever is just arbitrarily cutting yeah. something from your film. That's got to mm -hmm. be hard. It is. And I think that, um, you know, sometimes I'll call my DPs and say, oh, well, you know, like, you know, like I've worked with producers who I like, I love master shots. I love big white, I think body language, see, seeing the environment and then cutting into close ups. And then I like going back to a wide shot because I like to remind the audience where we are. Mm -hmm. Some producers just like the formula of get closer, 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 you know, and, and for me, how I, how and the I, producers are making that call. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and it, it, it depends. Some producers <laughs> will actually, I'll turn in my director's cut and then they'll, they'll do notes with me. And they'll allow me to um, talk back and talk forth. about yeah, that's cool. and that's and that's you know it's it's fantastic. And then some producers, as soon as they turn in the director's cut, they don't even call me. They don't even tell me what's done. And, you then, know? and then the first time that you see the changes are or when if it's I'm live. doing color or if I'm doing uh, yeah, uh -huh. and I'm like wow, phone call would have been nice. Are you um, how involved are you in the edit? What's your process there? So you hand all the footage off to the editor. Right. So so to answer the question real quick, so. How, how I deal with it is I, I realize um, it's collaborative. It's their money. It's mm. their network. It's their advertisers. You know, ultimately, it's not. As long as I'm allowed to hand in my vision, my director's cut, the way that I would do it, then I, there is a sense of like, okay, well, I did the best I could possibly do, and I gave them the best product. And if they choose but to do you're something. but don't you think it's hard like and i know i'm arguing with somebody that absolutely probably agrees but you're you're basically on the hook for the result yeah but you have somebody else that is coming in and saying i don't get this i don't like this whatever mm -hmm. um there are so many stories of producers ruining films or stories where like when the director right. cut uh, director's cut comes out people are like, oh, my God, this is such a better movie. And yeah. in the case of, you know, the most, you know, public one recently is, like, the Snyder Cut for Justice League, which, uh -huh. you know, that's a different... But, I mean, it's a completely different film than right. than was made originally. Right. Um, sure, that happens. Or, or, or if a producer makes a decision and then the, the studio or the network says, why is this done, and they put it on the director and then suddenly you know then suddenly the studio has an issue with me and i'm like wait that, that that's not that the cut me, i turned you know in. yeah but yeah you know you you have to you have to it's hard but you have to have faith that the people who know you and have worked with you and can vouch for you are going to far are going to lift you up and you know what's the most fun experience that you've had making a movie oh wow I, wow um, I think I did a, a film that was on Hulu called A Unicorn for Christmas. I watched the uh, the preview of that so film, cute. and we've Julie and I have decided we're adding that to our our so Christmas uh, our <laughs> Christmas watch list. Yeah, so. um, and that to me was just incredible. It was with you know Abby James Witherspoon, and I was filming in Atlanta on a rescue farm with rescue animals and kids, you know, and talking about Christmas. And I mean, it was. It well, Hollywood says that kids and animals are the the two hardest things <laughs> to film. Traditionally, yes, but I love it. I love it because the innocence and, you know, they're in, in this movie, it was uh, this little girl could see it was a unicorn, not a, not a horse, but the adults can't see that. Yep. All they see is a horse because they're jaded, right? And so then yep. all the little kids, because they believe and they have, they believe in magic and Christmas and. This alone shows that Stacia 
she'll will probably be a saint when her story is over. <laughs> the, fact that she loves, the fact that she's saying what she's saying right now. Oh, or like when the chickens are laying eggs, like hold hold for the egg laying, hold, hold. And then at some point you just go like, we're on a farm. You know, there yeah. there's the goats are gonna baa and they're yeah. you know, and and you just you kind of embrace it. So that was I mean, I have a lot of I, I did um I just did um ten episodes of a TV series with Tosca Musk. Um, her channel, uh, Passion Flicks, and that was ten weeks. I mean, it was it was my first time doing um, episodic for yeah. a streaming network, and that was amazing too. I mean, every every film set is hard, right? You're gonna have struggles. You're gonna, but man, I had a great time. Did you shoot sequentially, or did you shoot out of sequence? It's a great question. Um, because we were shooting out locations, and in, in this particular story, she's kind of running. It's it's a it's a romance series, but it's a mystery. She's running from someone and something of her past, but mm -hmm. she doesn't know what it is, and she's meeting new people, and she doesn't know if they're on her side or. or it's mm -hmm. called the Secret Life of Amy Vincent. Um, so we do visit um, the same locations, but in different episodes. So we would shoot out a location, but sometimes we'd be like, okay, wait. What season? Wait, what season are we in? What purse did she? Have? You know, like the, yeah. there's a lot yeah. of making sure the continuity, not only the physical continuity, but the, the emotional continuity was there. Um, and then sometimes we would block shoot, which um, was always easier on the crew, always, but much more difficult on the actors because they have to jump forward and you know it's a lot of hopscotching and it's it's really trying on the actors. Um, what, what's your preference? Not to block shoot. Um, because of the actors, it's just, you know, so it's like we're doing four scenes on you Yep. and we change you in and out of the wardrobe, whatever. And then we do four scenes on me and the actors have to, I have to get Go them back, back to the place. Yep. And, yep. um, yeah, but it can save hours. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's really, and then the cotton, that's where you, you can lose continuity or, you know, yeah. So that was fun. I think, I mean, I, we always have fun. Like there's always these are things again I like I really enjoy you know like when when someone comes on that can really get into the detail of an industry people don't think about this people aren't thinking you know when somebody watches a movie they typically think it's like you're starting a to Z and you're doing it in order and you're kind of going through the story not that you know, hey, the last scene in the entire film might be the first thing that you shoot oh, yeah. mm -hmm. because it's the most complicated and everybody wants to get it out of the way. Yeah. But at mm -hmm. that point, you know, maybe the actors don't have chemistry yet and mm -hmm. uh, no one knows or trusts each other. And the crew is working together. You know, a few people know each other, but others don't. There's a new department head that no one's ever worked yeah. with. Maybe, you know, he or she is good. Maybe they're terrible. Like, and you all have you you have to make it all work regardless yeah. of any of those variables. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a wild ride. It is. And like I said, this was my first time, you know, doing episodic. So this is my only experience, but I, I do believe like on, you know, slick floor, tri-camera uh, stuff. I do think that they, they do one week at a time where mm. they're in this uh, on lots. So I think that might be easier, but for ours, it was like shooting a movie. It was like shooting a four-hour movie, you wow. know, because we were we were all over the place. Wow. But but here's the other thing too: is people don't take into consideration the weather. <laughs> I mean, you know, you have to wait. There's lightning strike within yep. six miles. You have to wait thirty minutes, and mm -hmm. you know, then you're rushing, and then you're wondering why her hair is slowly is getting different? flatter, yeah, and yeah. then it's up again. And yeah, it's 
you know, crazy continuity. My editors, I always like, I, my editors get an earful because I'll be like, oh, let me tell you about this day, you know, <laughs> and, yep. and they get all the behind the scenes stuff. If you were going to, so you like to assign colors to characters. If you were assigning a color to Julia, <laughs> what color would it be? Well, it would depend on if it's like a rom com or a that would be the let's put Ju- let's put Julia in a rom com. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I would say probably um, depending on the situation, but probably almost the colors you're wearing, like um, y- muted yellows and browns and oranges. Mm-hmm. All right, better question. How about Hollywood in a rom com? <laughs> Hollywood would be great in a rom-com. We should do that. Let's do that, Nick. I'll do that. I will absolutely do that. Call me. I'll be there. <laughs> what color would you put Hollywood in? Well, it just, I mean, it depends on the story, and it depends on where, you know, where... Hollywood is my lose. love interest. Your husband's going to be very upset. That's awesome. So you don't want to, you don't want to commit to a color for Hollywood. No, no, because it's more about the story and where if we're going back and forth. Like for Amy Benson, um, we went back in time, so we put a, I used a lens baby, which is my favorite lens. Um, and the lens baby is what did all that crazy stuff when we went to Ukraine. Mm. Yeah, it's it's. It is cool. That's oh, really I cool. It. I use it in most of my movies um, if it if it calls for it. Um, and then we uh, we made the flashbacks more saturated, more you know blues yeah but the lens baby was decided ahead of time but the color palette wasn't decided until we were actually in the in the um in the color sessions and you know tosca chose that and it works well because every time we get you know to a scene whether we set it up or not if it's like a bluish color and it's got that lens baby on the audience knows okay we're yeah. in a flashback yeah you don't have to explain mm-hmm. it you don't have to yeah very cool yeah very cool mm-hmm. what would you like to do that you haven't done yet in this world Away, away from filmmaking? No, in filmmaking. Um, in filmmaking. Oh, in this world. Um, Westerns. Yeah. I'm a horse person. Westerns. I'm a horse person, yeah. And I usually put horses somewhere in my movies. You know, the, I put Easter eggs all over my movies. Um, there's usually an, a, a ladybug, and then there's always a horse. But what, yeah. what kind of Western are you thinking? I mean, um, you're talking like a... Is this like a pure action kind of thing? Is there? Is it a, a you like know, a drama? Again, I'm you know so influenced by Taylor Sheridan. Um, I just think you know relationships, um, relationships and, and growth and adventure. Um, I don't know. Has there been a, a Western, a Christmas Western yet? <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, I can't think I, of one. I don't know. What yeah, is, what's your current favorite Western? Um, I mean, I just watched, you know, 1883 and, and 1923, um, and it's just superb. They are really good. I, 1883, I, I, thought, mean, I thought was stellar. I, I thought mean, that was stellar. I don't like a lot of violence. Um, I'm squeamish, so I really thought I was going to be like this the whole time, and I just, I mean, I was glued. Yeah. I, it was it was incredible. Yeah, he he's not appreciated enough as an actor. Um, I mean, like, you know, he really has... He really has gravitas. Like he, Tim McGraw. Uh, no. Tell um, Taylor. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm. Uh, what is? I'm totally blanking on his mm. name right now. Phenomenal mustache. Um, uh, Sam. Sam Elliott. Yeah. Sam Elliott. Uh, I don't. I just feel like he has like serious gravitas. He always gets, you know, kind of shoehorned into that role, which he crushes, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I felt like especially like the flashbacks about his wife. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then when he was on the beach. Oh like he God. just, 
yeah, he just took. I thought I thought he took his acting to another level. Yeah, all of them, Tim McGraw yeah. and Faith Hill. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Yeah. It was yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen Open Range? Uh. Oh my God. Wait, no, is this with uh, Roland? No, no, Kevin Costner and Robert Duvall. I don't know. I don't know if I have. Well, it's the greatest Western romance ever. All right, I'm watching it. <laughs> Hollywood does this all the time. He makes us feel bad about. Well, my Nazis. problem is I watch so many movies I can't remember unless I'm watching it again. Like, oh yes, I've seen mm-hmm. this. Or and that Benning's in it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen it. Oh, Open Range. The greatest Western romance ever. All right. It, it is gonna. It, you heard. Over, you heard it here, folks. Me up, you're gonna say. <laughs> you're right. Oh my God. You heard it here, folks. Angry Hollywood is off camera right now telling us about the greatest Western of all time, Open Range. It's very different. Okay. I'm going to watch it. Until Stacia makes her Christmas Western. Yeah, correct. Wait till till Christmas Western comes out. You're going to love this film. All right. And as an actor, you're going to love it, too. I mean, Kevin. I'm very excited right now because it's like one of my favorite films of all time. It's just a blase Western. So, so what is in Christmas Western? If I don't know. I, I, I mean, I f- that, I you, like you say that, it sounds ridiculous. I kind of so. want to like, I, I, I feel like, like Cowboy we should, Santa. I feel like we should write it right now, yeah. like as a collective. Like, let's write Christmas, Christmas <laughs> Western. And I think we just call it Christmas Western. The, the Christmas Western. It's just like right on the nose. Yeah. Like, <laughs> What's this movie about? You know, yeah. like, you know, there's the, the quiet scene. You know, the two gunfighters are there, and then it's like, a then a sleigh comes in and lands, <laughs> like, oh, oh, like, you know, Santa gets shot. Mm. Now one of the cowboys has to, like, finish Christmas. <laughs> Just throwing out ideas mm. here. <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> you're like, I, you're yeah, like I damn it, I want to watch this yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got, got the wheels turning now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we don't make that movie. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> Someone's gonna do it. Someone's gonna watch yeah. this, steal it. And I, it's exactly. gonna be like the biggest Christmas. Yeah. Steven Spielberg's. Hey, hey, I'm directing it. I'm directing it. <laughs> uh, awesome. What um, what advice would you give to somebody that wants to get into the film industry? Um, you know, I I tend to not give advice. I just talk about what worked for me and what didn't work for me because mm-hmm. I find that. Um, when I do give advice, they're like, ah, bah, 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 I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You know, cause people have to experience their own experiences. Um, I think whether it's the film industry or anything, you, you, you have to follow your heart. You have to listen to that God voice inside of you. Um, but for me, it was really tough. I mean, it's not an overnight. It took me 20 years to get to the point where, I've started to see a little bit of the fruits of my labor. And of course, I've got huge goals, right? Like I don't, I'm nowhere near where I want to be. So I think that the biggest misconception, at least for me, I don't know. I think when you you go to New York or LA, like you have to be filled with this like, ah, this grit, I can do it. And my name and lights and all of that. Because else, you wouldn't go if you didn't have that, right? Um, and I just think that every, everyone's path is different, but it's so it's such a, a business that's reliant on other people's opinions, other people's money, other people's interpretation of, of yeah. you. So I think that it's just about longevity, right? It's just about um, rolling your sleeves up, jumping in there, not taking anything for granted. Listen, listen, listen. I tell all, you know, all actors, listen. It's the best thing you can do on set. 
listen to your director, listen to your scene partner, listen to the PAs as they're, you know, walking around set. You will learn so much by just listening. How do you, how do you stay focused when things aren't going your way? Because you said, you, you know, hey, you, you worked hard for 20 years and things are now starting to work, which I totally understand. That's a long period of time to stay mm-hmm. with something that is very hard. Yeah. People don't think it's hard, but it's very oh. hard to it's very hard to act. It's very hard to produce and it's very hard to direct. Yeah. It's, and the rejection is the hardest, you know, and going the months without work and not knowing, you know, not knowing when your next job. I mean, I could get a call on my drive home today or I, it could be six more months like mm-hmm. that's jo- the hardest. John Reese Davis said something mm-hmm. really profound when he was on the show. He said, I always wonder every time I get a call, is this the last call I'm ever going to get to mm-hmm. work? Yeah. And I mean, he said it and like, you know, Hollywood and I both were just like, oh, like it was it was so heavy. But it is, you know, you, you never know mm-hmm. unless you're funding it yourself. Mm-hmm. You never know, you know, is there going to be another chance right. to be, you know, to be an actor, to be a director. Right. Um, you know, how do you deal with that? I mean, I think that kind of ties into what we talked about earlier. It's like, do you just take the what's presented mm-hmm. to you because you don't know what's coming next, or do you hold out for what what speaks to your heart? Um, I think because I've been doing it, it's all I've ever known is um, my love my love for it was so immense that it it kind of tempered some of those rough edges mm-hmm. you know um, now as I'm getting older there there's a, an exhaustion you know like do I do I I don't know I mean the love is still there but I think um, you just have to be realistic about it and and um, if your heart is saying don't give up, you don't give up. You find other ways. You find ways to survive. You find, of course, you know. Yeah, and, of course. And then you're on set. And I, I find I have a really, um, I have a, a strong, um, my core people, you know, my core. And I feel like we all kind of reach out to each other. We support each other. We, uh, 98% of the jobs that we get in this business is through somebody else. Of course. Yep. Um, 2% it might be through our management or, you know, representation. Um, so I feel like in, in those times we, we have a tendency to have that lifeline of, Hey, what are you working on? Hey, what's going on? And, and then always writing, like I'm constantly writing or, or doing podcasts or, you know, reminding myself why I, why I do what I love to do. Mm -hmm. I think that's helpful, but it's the business and and nothing stays the same. Nothing stays the same. So it's not going to be a drought forever. It's not going to be, you know, high, high rain forever. Um, is there anything that you would have liked me to ask you hmm. that I have not asked hmm. you? <laughs> I think um, I think what I'm what I'm asked a lot um, is the two things are how did I what was what's my progression which I think we talked about yeah. about mm-hmm. that and then my once the network um, once the, the studio gave me a chance to direct my first film ended up on Netflix and I think that's what kind of, and then my second one was lifetime. And so that was kind of like, Oh, she actually can walk her talk. Right. But the second thing, um, is people often ask me like the, 
the differences of being a female filmmaker as opposed to male. And obviously I'm not a male, so I don't know, but um, my experience, so when I, when I grew up and I started in acting, I was, it was like the 2000s um, in New York City. And I mean, we were all broke. I mean, it was, you know, it was, it was incredible. We were all just, we band together. We went to each other's shows. We, did, we were so broke, we didn't even know that we were so broke, right? Because we were just struggling um, artists. Um, but back then, we didn't have cameras. Like, we had, the cheapest thing was, like, what, Super 16 or something? Like, it cost oh, it a lot like of money. $150,000, $200,000 to have a camera. Yeah, I mean, it was, so we didn't have the opportunities that, that filmmakers have now. And back then, it was like you were a TV actor or you were a film actor. There wasn't very little crossover mm. and you were a writer or you were a director or you were and then for a woman from in my experience it was like well if you get married and have kids then they'll never see you as a you know the a sexy blonde bombshell or they'll never see you as anything than other than a mother or how can you you know raise your child and be on set 12 hours a day like these were questions that were wow. that were in the audition rooms mm -hmm. you know and so i think that that did um I think that molded my decisions, you know, like the people I chose, I chose to be in relationships with that I knew wouldn't go the distance because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to love something more than, than the work, than the work. Yeah. Right now, I think it's so different. I think there's so many multi hyphenates and there's so many, you can do, you can do anything you want to do, right? There's no, there's very little limitations, but also in, uh, when people say all the time, how do I get started? How do I, well, You've got a phone. Yeah. You've got a 4K Any, phone. Anybody can shoot now. Yeah. Anybody and, can and shoot. And we, we didn't have that luxury when we were when we were younger and we were growing up. And um, so I think just walking the talk and 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 doing it. Um, and I think that it's a, um, you know, I believe it's such a collaborative. I, 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 I yes, I'm, I'm such a huge supporter of women. Here's the difference. We're in the room now. We're in the room now. So, you know, whether, you know, I want to be chosen because I'm the best possible uh, person for this job, not because I'm a female, but at least now we're, we're being considered. Whereas, in, you know, when I first started, I don't think it was, I know it wasn't as much. It was, mm -hmm. It's just different. Do you think there is still, you know, a wall, so to speak, to women getting these jobs? Or do you think it's a, just a matter of time? Like, where do you see the industry? I don't think so. I think that the pendulum is kind of swinging back in the middle now. So, you know, and I hope it's more about the um, the best person for the project, you know, getting the job. I mean, I've certainly turned down films that um, I knew I wasn't the best person for. It was just wasn't my genre. It wasn't my strength. And I didn't want to um, put my name on something that, that wasn't the best. And mm -hmm. also for them. Um, but I'm very collaborative. Like I love, I love the way that men and women work together. And um, you know, we hold the camera differently. We we tell a story differently. We 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 have different definitions of intimacy. And so I love working with you know a male DP or um, a male editor because it's we're telling the same story. We're just telling it differently, but collectively, if that makes sense. So. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I just, I'm so happy to be at the table and in the rooms and, and you know, making making movies with, with people. That's awesome. Do you think that, knowing that you're probably only going to get one chance, made you wait to direct? Yes. Yes. 
So talk talk about the little that a little bit. Why why would you only get one chance? Well, if um, so, I, I started directing around 2018, which is right around the Me Too movement, I think, where just where, where a spotlight was now being being shown. Um, prior to that, um, I mean, even now, like. I don't know if my gender would have played so much a part in that. It might have played more of a part in that decision prior to when I started directing, you know, if it was like 15, 20 years ago. But I do feel like that was part of my hesitation. Like I had to prove myself a little bit more um, being a woman. Um, maybe it still is true. I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't feel like it is. I feel like I'm seen as a filmmaker, but maybe not. I don't. I, I can't control what other people think sure. of me. Of you course know? not. Of course not. But I do have a female lens. I do, and if you watch my performances, you know, I, I, I definitely have. Um, I, I, I'm a female, so well, I tell a story. What do you, what do you think that means, a female lens? Like, Can I add to that too? Because there's, I've just hear the phrase, the female gaze versus the male mm -hmm. gaze, and mm -hmm. like romantic comedies or just romance. Do you feel that that's true for you? That when you're directing, you definitely lean towards that female gaze of how you direct, like a male actor versus how like. Yeah, so I'll give you an example. So say the scene is, um, you know, she sits down and has a cup of coffee and, you know, she sits down with her date, right? So I would have her sit down, put the coffee, lean, you know, and use the body language a little bit because I'm a woman. I know what it looks like, right? I know what it feels like. Oh, I'm interested in this guy. Whereas a male might not know that, no, might not know how to, you cross your legs towards the man. Or might be afraid to ask you to do that sure. because you don't want the wrong impression to be given. Sure, right. Or I can go up to a female and say, okay, this man just told you and know in certain terms, he doesn't love you anymore. How does that feel? How does it feel? I know how it feels because I'm a woman, you know what I mean? So, so I can say it to another woman and I can bring out another emotion that's just under the layer that maybe or maybe not a man wouldn't even know to ask that question or know how to ask that question. So I think, I think that's the difference. And I also think where we hold our, where we hold our camera is a little bit different, you know? And like my camera's constantly moving and I like different angles and I like, I like doing low angles on men to make them look bigger and high angle, you know, like, and I'm not saying that, that men don't do that. I'm just saying, I think that we just, we hold our, our cameras differently. We, we light differently. We just, for me, it's just, I mean, that's the beauty, right? That's. Do you think you can tell if a man or a woman directed something without any other knowledge? I don't watch the beginning credits of any TV series um, because I don't want to know, and I, you, I can tell within two scenes. And, and what are the absolute giveaways? Um, for me, again, performance, but I'm, I'm critiquing that. And um, there's... Uh, it's a feminine touch. You know, there's sometimes there's just, you know, there's a softer lighting palette. Sometimes there's a softer move, a camera move. I don't know. It's just unspoken for me. Yeah. I'm okay. rarely wrong on that. Okay. <laughs> it's oh, a fun I, I game. Don't, oh, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. I mean, like, you yeah. know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty simple. It's like, you know, but also apes, I, ape strong together simple. You know? <laughs> uh, but we like that. Women like that. But also when I write with, um, <laughs> when I when I um, when I write with a man, I mean when I write dialogue for a man, mm -hmm. I don't finalize it. I give it to a male writer and say, please put this in male words because, I like and smart. I also don't. Um, I t I like to rewrite the female because I've I've talked about it. I have s 
the hardest thing for me to do as a writer is write female dialogue. Right. Um, I, I try not to be uh, egotistical about things. I'm a pretty good writer. Mm-hmm. I have not completely failed, but every single time that I write women's dialogue, there have been comment, hey, this isn't, a woman wouldn't say this, right. or a woman wouldn't, you know. Uh, similarly, I can see 100%, and one of the things that bothers me is if I watch a movie and I see a, like a woman, especially in action films, where I see a woman is basically written with male dialogue, it bothers me. I'm like, I know a woman had nothing to do with writing this. Or it was supposed to be a male part and they cast a woman. Or maybe, right. And they didn't alter the dialogue. But the dialogue is so, like, bro-centric. And, mm-hmm. and, and somebody decided this is what, like, a, you know, an action woman sounds like. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, you know, I was in the military. I know women of action. They still sound like women. Right. Like, they don't sound like this. They're right. not, you know. Um, so... But it is hard. Right. It's hard to kind of put yourself in that other role and try to imagine what it is because you're never going to imagine it exactly right. Well, it's so hard for us to even to you know, when you think about like arguments with significant others, mm-hmm. you're like, what is this person saying? Yeah, what, what are you, you know, why Where are you mad you right that? now? Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I so haven't done anything. Yeah, yeah. And again, that's the beauty yeah. of life, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think um, um, I just thought of something that, that people often ask me as well and working with intimacy, mm-hmm. intimacy coordinators. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I just, I did a series that was a romance series and we had an intimacy coordinator and uh, I loved it. I loved it. I loved, I, I, and I love that um, it is now a, a crew position for most, it's becoming more commonplace. It, it makes sense. I love it. You know, you read some of the horror stories of like the seventies and eighties, you know, right. Or, or it's just, but not, any, not only that. Yes. Yeah, not only that though, it's, um, it's an added layer of protection for me as a director as well, because sometimes the, you know, the d- actors, no matter how friendly I am, no matter how much they know that I'm an actor, they don't want to disappoint, right? They don't want to disappoint the, the directors or, so they might be feeling a little like, Oh, I just don't want to, you know, I don't want to show my side or I don't want to, but they don't want to tell me because they don't want to disappoint. Yeah. Or so having this layer of protection, having this third party that comes in that is that is going to protect not only them and what is comfortable for them, but ultimately it protects me mm-hmm. too, right? Um, and I just feel like, um, I, I love it. I've taken courses in, you know, intimacy directing and um, I, I think it's such a valuable, valuable position for men too. Right. Sure. So that it's just a safe space for them to go. Mm, don't want to do that. Or most of the time, the guys are like, I don't care. You know, it's <laughs> the women are, are a little bit. I mean, they're they're fine too, but it's. Um, yeah, but you still want it to be comfortable and not weird, and you know, you also, you know, so many times, you know, they're actors. They might not actually be comfortable with each other as human beings at all, right. and they have right. to sell this scene that is, you know, right, very intimate. How do you deal with that? Like, how do you prep those mm. scenes? So it's not only that, but there's dialogue, mm. right? And there's choreography. Mm-hmm. And they have to make sure that the, you know, that the jacket comes off on the same line for the editing. So it's like these actors are, and I'm an actor, so I know how hard this is. There's a lot going on. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. It's not only the emotion and also remembering this is, these are two actors. These aren't, 
you know, this is not a couple thing mm-hmm. here. Knowing, respecting their space, giving, learning the lines, knowing what the blocking is, and you know, God forbid if there's stunts in there too. I mean, it's it's really you, you just. Have I to have be, to ask. What is considered a stunt in I that know, environment? I'm sure in these big movies where it's like, you know, they start making out and then it's like, oh, someone burst through the door and there's, you know, like Mr. and Mrs. Smith is what comes to sure. mind. Um, you know, um, but I think it's just creating a safe space of respect and knowing that nothing, you know, no topic of conversation is off limits and that the actors get to a point where, I mean, I've never done full nudity, but obviously um, um, intimate and, so, and nowadays, sometimes uh, fighting can be, cons- you know, what they call an intimacy coordinator because you're, really? you're still in each other's space, right? Um, but mostly it's, it's restricted for... Um, I'm sorry for my facial expression. I've, I've been fighting my whole life, so I don't even understand well, that's, the concept yeah, that's of, more, like, of like, you know... That's <laughs> like, more stunt stuff. But uh, um, I do remember I was on a show and we did have um, intimacy and we did have stunts. And I remember the stunt coordinator saying wow, the intimacy stuff is so much harder than the stunts because there are so many layers to it, right? And it's the emotion and the dialogue. Um, But, yeah, I just think like anything else, it's just conversation, respect, and knowing if we... um, if we start shooting something and it's uncomfortable for anyone, we stop and we we just pivot. We just figure out, some, a, yeah, we just figure else. out a different figure way to get the point across with where everyone's comfortable. It's not, you know. That's I, awesome. I always you'd, say we're not in you a war would be, zone. You'd be easy to work for. That's really cool. Well, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Have you ever wanted to feel like RoboCop, but without all the pain and suffering of becoming RoboCop? Well, now you can. All while training at the next level. 1109 Bravo Neuropack is the next level in full body conditioning. They're the pioneers of wearable, band-resistant workout gear. This veteran-owned company makes these things to withstand your Herculean efforts and push you beyond your limits. It'll make it look like Luke wearing Yoda as a backpack, only instead of learning the force... You'll just be getting better, stronger, and faster than your friends. Visit 1109bravo.com to get yours today. On that note, let's do the rapid-fire questions. So oh, the way okay. these work is, uh, I don't even know what they are. Okay. Julia has well, yeah, prepared. Well, you stole some. So I was well, thinking you might yeah. be wearing them. Julia has <laughs> prepared questions in a hat, um, and the whole thing is you're supposed to answer them within 10 seconds, not oh, put a lot of thought into them, just I go for it. Shock! So you see, <laughs> if you don't answer in ten seconds, I push this button and your shock. Have you seen the power where the girls now have the like electrical power? I have not. <gasps> so anyway, go I ahead. I have not seen that, That's but incredible. I I always ask the same question first, and okay. that is, what is the toughest animal that you think you could defeat in hand to hand combat? Maybe a cat. I don't know. <laughs> All right, you're respectful. We've had we've had people say. Lions, oh. mountain lions, bears, a and fish. Uh, oh yeah, a fish was like that oh, was yeah, a, that was a realistic. A that was a realistic. One. I was like, really? yeah, I could t- I could take a fish. Um, a shark, a shark. Somebody said great white, and that, like having having uh, been in the water with great whites, I know that not to be the case. All right, here we go. Name the most important thing that makes a movie good, in your opinion. A performance. Whose performance? The actor's performance. I added that sub question. You did. So what did you think of that? That was okay. <laughs> See the way she treats me. Uh, what's been your favorite age so far? Um, uh, I would say, like, like where I am now. 
Yeah, late awesome. 40s, early, yeah. Awesome. Early 50s. What movie or show do you wish you could have been in? Could have been in uh, 1883. Very cool. All right. If you could be a fly on the wall, who would you want to listen in on? Ron Howard and Brian Grazer. What about the, what about their yeah, work? Do you like? Just brilliant. It's brilliant. You think they're brilliant? Just yeah. across human, the board. Again, human quality. The, the stories they tell. What's your go-to karaoke song? I have, I've never done karaoke. What? What? It'd have to be something silly like you know, "Summer Loving" from Greece or something. All right, give us ten seconds. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Everyone does. Mm-mm. She in the first degree? I, I Look, as her, Alabama? As her intimacy oh, coach, Alabama. she doesn't have to do this if she doesn't want to. Thank you. That's with grace. I gave him a new term, so it's grace and intimacy coordinator. Uh, what would be your weapon of choice in the zombie apocalypse? Um, uh, I, I, I don't. Um, you got a handgun. I, I was going to say, mean, love them. Love, but that, that's all about the love won't help against yeah. the zombies. Uh, which celebrity would you most like to switch lives with? I think Kelly Ripa probably has a really good life. She's got a good thing going. Yeah. Yeah. She's got a very attractive husband. He's yeah, and she dude, talks to you know? celebrities all day long she, and she acts and she, she does travels the she world. Wants, and, yeah, I think yeah. She, I, I that's would a good one. with her. Um, See, this is the one that you're talking about. Name three of your favorite movies or TV series. So since we already did movies. Okay, three, so, three so right TVs. now I love The Power Okay. on Amazon. I love Yellow Jackets. Um, What's that one? Oh, so good. It's on um, Showtime. It's about uh, these, the, these girls. There's a plane crash back in the 80s, and mm-hmm. they um, were stranded for like nine months, and what happened when they were on the mountain, and then now it shows them they're in a situation now, so they kind of show 20 years ago and now. Is there some magic involved? Like, is there? Maybe. Is there, you don't want to tell me. Maybe. And then, um, and should then, I watch? And it? then, uh, uh, Discovery of Witches, I think, is brilliant. Where's that? Um, it was on Sundance. Okay. It's with Matthew Good. Discovery of Witches and, and Yellow Palmer. Jackets. Yeah, Yellow Jackets All right. is... Um, okay, you got that? You take those notes down? I, I've seen Discovery of Witches. Oh, yeah. so was amazing. it good? Yeah, I did like it a lot. I love it. I'll probably hate it then. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you might like it. I'm just being mean to Quigley. Oh. Her name's not even Quigley anymore. That's that not. was her maiden name, but we knew her when she was Quigley, and it's such a good name <laughs> that we've just continued to great call name. her Quigley. Uh, what fictional character do you most relate to from a TV series or movie? Fictional? I got a little bit of uh, Monica in me <laughs> from, from Friends. friends? <laughs> um, what part? Like the uh, fact just liking that you, everything. You fixate on yeah, like, I like everything, everything normal. I mean, like, and, yeah, I, not not. Clean, Would you have clean. gone for Chandler though? Probably. I don't know. Probably not. No. <laughs> yeah. All right. If you have, I'm just adding this one. You have to pick one friend <laughs> to have a relationship with. Relationship with. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Ross? Probably Ross. Ross. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's endearing. He's, he's steady. Yeah, like. <laughs> he's endearing. All he's right. adorable. Yeah. But I, when you first said that, I, I thought I was like Daisy Buchanan, but I don't, I don't, you know, from the uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald, yeah. Great Gatsby. Yeah. But I don't think I relate to her. I don't know. But she popped in my brain. So. <laughs> did you like the movie? I lo- the book is my favorite book. Great book. But did did you like the movie? Which one, the Robert Redford or the? Or the, the no, uh, the uh, Leo. The Leo. Um, you know, I love that director, and mm-hmm. I love the actors. Um, 
there were some great moments in it. Great moments, yeah. I almost, almost like it, but I don't quite like it. I can't even say why. Yeah, I thought Carrie Mulligan did a great job. I agree. And she's spectacular, I but agree. I don't know, something about Redford, you know? But, I mean, he's, he's yeah. an all-timer. Yeah. Well, thank you so much well, for, for being me. on the show. Yeah. Um, I'd love to come back too, if you guys. You're you're always welcome. Okay, you're always welcome. <laughs> so when you have your next project that you want to talk about or anything you want to talk about, let us know. We'll have you back on, folks. This was Stacia Crawford with the Neutral Position. We learned all kinds of stuff about how I'm actually terrible at film, and I have a lot to learn. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me.